Podtacular, the unofficial Halo Universe podcast, presents episode 818, Silver Outcomes, recorded live on April 7th, 2022. Hello everyone, welcome to Pod Tackler, the unofficial Halo Universe podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Duststorm. I'm your other co-host, Godzilla T. And we are hostless once again tonight, but he said he'll be back next week, so hopefully he'll be he's back next week. He's been kidnapped by a hedgehog. Yeah, he's going to see Sonic 2 with the kids, or something along those lines. But yeah, we wish him the best, hope he's doing well, we'll get a little update from him next week, but... We've got a couple of things to talk about for the two of us tonight. We've got the outcomes from Season 1, which there are not just one, but two articles. And like I was telling GT before the podcast, I'm actually pretty impressed. I was kind of blown away by what they actually said in the articles because it is a step up from what they did for some of the past ones in the past month or two. Mm-hmm. And we also got the first episode of the Halo TV series to talk about since uh, I have watched it, GT has watched it, and we watched it before they decided to pull it down. So we'll talk about it. We'll put a little spoiler tag up at the point we get to that whenever we do get to that for those that want to not be spoiled on that because like me and GT, Reasons. we're not Yep, we're not watching the rest of the season because going to wait till we can actually watch the whole thing to use that Paramount Plus or wait till it comes out on Blu-ray because don't need to be spending $45 for a subscription service just to watch it over the three months it's being released. Three, four months. So, yeah. But before we get to all that stuff, let's go ahead and do our little community recap, starting with the outcomes from our Fragment Friday on Halo Infinite last week. So, GT, how were things last week? Oh, everything was, we had a lot of fun. Um, we shot people. We got shot. As we do. That's typically what happens in in shooters. Premise of the game. Yeah. Anyway. No, actually we had a lot, we had a lot of fun. We, we, uh, we had a lot of good matchmaking. It actually was relatively balanced. We had, we, we did have some pretty good matches. Yeah. We had some really good matches. We did a lot of 4v4 later on in the night. We did jump into the big team and had a lot of fun with that. Thank God we didn't have freaking, what the hell is that? The one with the cores. Oh, what is that called? I know what you're talking about. It's not attrition. Ah, I just had it too. Stockpile. Stockpile, yeah. Stockpile. It was a reuse name, which come up with a new name people that yeah that's confusing because they said stockpile i was looking for like, flags yeah right <laughs> exactly <laughs> anyway i don't think we actually got a single game of stockpile we didn't we did not which was thank you quite, which <laughs> thank was you. quite refreshing bounce bounce the game type bring it back it's it has a good premise just bounce it out a little bit then you can bring it back please and thank well you. the funny thing is is they're making some changes with season two. No. Imagine that. 343 listens to the community? 
What? Just a little preview. They're actually going to make it to where the cores won't spawn in a place you can't get to them. Because yeah, that detail. makes sense. For those that have actually not put on the, the video. cores on the map. Yeah, that <laughs> probably be a little bit helpful. Anyway, um, no, we actually had a lot of time. We had probably one of the fastest games of God damn it, what uh, is that? strongholds strongholds that i think i have ever played mm-hmm. we own that map was it on fracture or was it on yeah, it was the, on fracture okay. and it's like the other team just wasn't there i i i don't know how we pulled it off <laughs> i don't know either but i don't know if on the other side they felt like we were that we were the sweaty ones or not but yeah that was that was a lot of fun and I got an achievement. I got bleep poop. Yeah, Dust actually got an achievement. Yeah. I got an achievement for unlocking one of the super secret <laughs> places. What's that called? Not the weapons locker, but the cache. The weapons cache. So, yeah. I got an achievement on a, a non-achieving Halo Knight. <laughs> Go figure. The loot cave. The loot cave. Thank you. So, that was fun. Which, you know, I got that like on my second game of btb once i actually figured out what i had to do to get the achievement <laughs> anyway onwards and upwards yes so one more ticked off the box speaking of achieving halo bobby and i did some more spartan assault multiplayer we managed to get the killing ten thousand enemies achievement and the earn every co-op metal achievement so I have all of the multiplayer achievements minus the one where you play with five different people for Spartan Assault. So that's just going to be involving going and finding other people to play with. So that's essentially done from the multiplayer side of things. I've got all the campaign stuff to redo for undoing gold, doing all of the mission-specific assault ops, and a few other specific achievements. So I'll be working on those over the, the next little while. But we're actually going to shift gears... And Prestige is wanting us to help him out with the Halo 5 campaign. So if there's anyone out there who would like to run Halo 5 campaign on Legendary, um, with Prestige, me, and some of the other folks that might step into the role, please let us know. We'll be doing those on Sunday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time uh, for the next month or so. And then I actually have to start going back to work, (laughs) believe it or not. Jeez, he actually has to show up for his job. He can't right. just sit on his butt at home and get paid. <laughs> I just what I've been doing for the last two years. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I'm going to go start going into work. So I can't do Achieving Halos on Sundays starting the first full week in May. So we're going to have to shift that schedule around. So Achieving Halos will be shifted somewhere. Not sure where they're moving to yet. It might be a Wednesday uh, night is kind of what I'm tentatively thinking about, but once I figure that out, we'll let you guys know what what happens with that. I I wish for you because I wish it could always be remote work, but sadly not. That's okay. One day in the office a week versus five days in the office or even three days, which is what I was doing before, is not that bad. And I know I wish I could get away with that. <laughs> I was going to say, I know I have nowhere to complain because someone else currently on this podcast still has to show up to work because that's the nature of his job. So 
Anyways. Yeah, we haven't quite figured out how to remotely levitate inventory yet, so, yeah. That's just... I mean, we do it in video games. You just get a crane with a Xbox remote, and you just yeah, they, do they, the crane. Yeah, sure. And, and you have a screen. Somehow they just... They, I just can't get them to invest in the technology. Although, if they continue to have hiring problems, it might happen. <laughs> I cannot believe that. We are currently running 70 people short, company-wide, through all the positions that are available. We are 70 people short. How many people are currently working there? I, I don't know how many are currently working for the company total, because I only work in one building. There's about 30 people in the one building I work in. Okay, so it's not super small, but, but 70s, no. Well, no, I mean, it's not a, it's not a small company. You know, we, we run two warehouses, a call center, corporate offices. So I mean, it's not like, you know, it ain't, you know, mom and pop's parts store. Not hurting, but it's kind of odd. Well, it's. Oh, you're hurting a little it's bit. It's hurting production. Okay. It's to the point where, you know, we have one warehouse borrowing employees from another warehouse so they can get caught up. Oh, no. So, you know, it's it's bad. I just really don't understand it. Yikes. And people, you have to work to get paid. It, it's a really, really important thing. Anyway, enough about that. And that's um, what just makes sense. You kind of got to do what your job says. That, that's what work is. If you don't want the job, don't apply for it. Oh, um, <laughs> right. Anyways, uh, so that was Achieving Halo for this past week. Again, we'll be switching to Halo 5, so if anyone wants to help out with Halo 5 campaign for with me and Prestige, please reach out to us and let us know. I do have one achievement left to get in Halo 5. Is it a campaign one? Two yeah, I have to kill two wardens oh. at the same time. Funny th the funniest thing, I've done it for the Achieving Halo series, but I haven't done it on my own account. That's funny. Thanks. That's really anyway. funny. <laughs> that's the only one I've got left for Halo 5 cool so maybe we'll see you on that time stream whenever we actually hit maybe well, hit that yeah. on legendary we'll see you, you, you get to that you get to that mission maybe I'll join join in there we go surprise appearance from GT get my achievement and leave <laughs> right I think I am out of focus the tad bit anyways so we've got all that going. Uh, the only other thing from the community side of things that I've got from our Discord is Ward is working on a little game. So he's been showing little screenshots of things that he's been working on over on the Discord. So looking looking good. He has code up there that he's been kind of showing off with the game. So he's learning about doing some game development. So really cool to see. So that's all the community stuff. Uh, heading on over to some official news before we get to the outcomes report for season one. We've got our cannon fodder, which came out a few days ago, highlighting the encyclopedia, which comes out next week. The mm -hmm. what's this? The like fifth encyclopedic type book that we've gotten for Halo at this point. And from what they were talking about, this is the one to rule them all until the next one. That is until the next one shows up. There's always a bigger fish. 488 pages. 
there's always a bigger fish. So yeah, we'll see. Um, see what happens there because that'll be. I think it at 488 pages. I think it actually qualifies to be an encyclopedia now. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like it's like it's no joke anymore. Cause, well, let me let me grab something real quick. Anyway, they've got some previews of uh, the art in the encyclopedia, and wow. I mean, this is some good stuff. Of course, they've shown off the cover art, which is the Master Chief outside of one of uh, the Forerunner Towers. Got Scorpion in the background, which it just looks great. So I, I highly recommend you go by and check out the article. Yeah, there's some, some really neat shots in here. There's some renders from some of the pages in there as well, like the mm-hmm. the C seven eighteen longsword. That has some yep. thick engines. That's a thick boy for a longsword. That's a thick boy. I was trying to find the other Halo encyclopedias that I have, but apparently I did not put them back in my bookshelf that's sitting three feet away from me. <laughs> so I was going to see what the page count was. But anyways, 480-something pages and? is nothing to balk at. <laughs> Be right back. Wah. And I'm back. So yeah, that comes out next week. I can't remember if I ordered it or not. I probably did. I'll go check my Amazon history to make sure. If not, I will buy it. Because yeah, I'm something a, like that. I don't really need to pre-order it. I'll just buy it when it comes out. Because I'm a Halo sucker. Anyways. So we got that uh, coming out next week. We've also got a couple of little snippets from people that have contributed to the book. So they've been slowly releasing these little audio interviews on Twitter. I think there's a few more that they're going to continue to release until it's actually released next week. So if you want to get a little behind the scenes look, uh, in addition to Cannon Fodder, go to Twitter, check out the little videos that they've been posting for the last week or two to get a little behind the scenes look at how they've brought this whole thing together. There's a little tidbit about the season coming next week, title or not next week, next month. Titled Lone Wolves. Yeah, May doesn't need to get here any faster than it already is. Hruspis <laughs> goes a little bit into the intro cinematic, kind of rehashed some of the stuff that we talked last week about how mm-hmm. they staged some of the stuff from the previous games, especially from Halo 5, and what their beats were that they were trying to meet with the opening cinematic, what they did to work with Axis to bring some of those features and silhouettes phasing into Halo Infinite, so mm-hmm. it was it's kind of interesting to read through that. It's like, huh, we actually kind of talked about that a little bit last week. Yeah. I would like to say we maybe inf- had some inspiration into that, but I'm pretty sure this was probably mostly drafted before the podcast even released this past weekend, so... No, we'll take credit for it, though. Yeah, we'll, we'll take it's some credit for it. It's all our idea. Yeah, oh. there you go. <laughs> uh, there's a couple community videos that they highlighted. There's one f- uh, from... The YouTuber that I, I have no idea who they are, but talking about the keys loop and then Halo Cannon put out a video about Halo Infinite's high value targets. I need to actually watch some of his because he's been releasing a lot of mm-hmm. Halo Infinite campaign content lately. There's Q&A as well, mostly around, again, story stuff within Halo Infinite's timeline, also on the Cannon Fathers. So go over there, check it out if you want to catch up on a lot of that stuff. Those are kind of the high points from that we've also got a few other little halo updates 
there's a patch that came out uh, for MCC server side. Apparently, all the big team issues and some other issues, they made a back-end fix to that. So if people that are still playing MCC, you should see a lot of those issues resolved now in MCC. There's also a patch for Halo Infinite that came out on the 5th, fixing some of the stuff like GT mentioned, fixing the stockpile where they actually, mm-hmm. you know, spawn in places that you can get to. A couple other small little fixes, CTF actually showing a post-game carnage report after a land match. Um, improvements for joining fire teams after you come off the game in a suspended state, which has been pretty pivotal. They announced a Halo cookbook, which has... So now everybody has the recipe for Moa burgers, <laughs> or at least can get it. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm tempted to get it, but it looks just like a general generic cookbook. And from what I've heard people say, there's not really anything Halo thematic. Sure there is. It says Halo on the front cover. <laughs> what do you really expect? I mean, I mean, the Moa burger is nice because that was kind of a thing. Instead of saying hamburger, say Moa burger. I mean, you know, I mean, come up with something a little more creative than just churros a turkey sub wings a, a south a southern salad and and cocktail i was just from what i've heard and grant take it with a huge grain of salt pun kind of intended just looking for something a little bit more thematic outdated or not outdated like future dated outdated <laughs> future dated type kind of things oh uh. Something that's just not an everyday cookbook item that I can go pick off of a bookstore shelf. But again, I will probably get it or someone will gift it to me because I know several people know I love Halo and I love to cook. So someone's going to buy it for me at some point. But if anyone buys the book and finds any cool, interesting recipes, please let us know. Reach out to us on Twitter or Discord. would be curious to see if there's actually anything other than the Moa Burger that's actually somewhat Halo thematic. Uh, There's some hiring positions at 343 as well. I know Sketch posted uh, something on Twitter recently, but there are several positions in production, engineering, design, business operations, art director, uh, or art type stuff. I think the one Sketch posted was some kind of uh, digital artist for the community team side of things. So there's plenty of positions if you're in the mm-hmm. gaming sphere and want to have your hand at some Halo stuff. A lot of the positions are senior level, but there are some, looks like possible entry level type positions if you are interested. <laughs> There's a monetization designer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. So positions are open. Um, and I think that's most of the stuff that came out since last week. Shall we move on to or is there any other Halo news that you can think of, GT, that I missed? No. Okay. Uh, everybody, yeah. Get the cat bingo card. I got family pet one. I do have that one. So I've got that one now. Thank you, pet. <laughs> Meow. This says thank you. You helped him out. <laughs> Alright, moving on to season outcomes. We've got one big boy that came out last week. And then we've got another smaller one that came out like 
two hours ago from now when we're actually recording this podcast that focus more on the live team side of things. So like I said a little bit earlier, I was actually very impressed with the feedback that 343 gave in this article compared to a lot of the other articles that they've posted over the past month or two. Mm -hmm. They took a big 180 from giving us non-information from some of the articles that they've released to things that they're actually doing, actionable results, you know, results of smart feedback. Like there's actually like, it's not just smoke and mirror stuff. It's things that we can see that they're actually committing to and saying that they're going to do. Well, uh, before you get too far, before you get too far into that, the one thing I'd like to like to say is the previous articles they've released, they may have not had anything definite to actually put in writing yet. Hence the corporate speak. <laughs> yeah, but you don't need a. F- I, I, I miss. I'm I miss- not saying all of. I'm not saying all of it. I just, you know, a lot of people have been really hard on three four three about what they what news they've been releasing. And it's very frustrating. I've been frustrated with it because it, it's a non-answer. But the one thing I didn't hear anybody even hint to is they may not have the answers yet. The thing is, though, they fluff it and make it cloudy instead of just saying, we see this, we're working it. Well, that's... I'm okay if that's their response. I totally get it. That but is straightforward communication. Yeah, but that that's that's that happens with any game developer. I have it yet does. to see any of them that doesn't that don't fluff it when they don't know the answer, including Bungie. Just in case somebody wants to say, "Well, Bungie's straightforward." No, they're not. I think they used to be. Mm, they used to be better about early, it. Yeah. yeah, they used to be a lot better about it early on. Well, As, they all used to be a lot better about it too, but that was twenty years ago. Right now, they have lawyers involved. Yeah, Thanks. it has to go through prepub and all that stuff. Hey, Confal. But anyway, I just, I, you know, I just wanted to add that this article gives a lot of good information. There's still some fluff in there, but. I recommend everybody read through this. There is more in here than we can cover. There there really is. If we covered this whole thing, it would be a two plus hour podcast just on this. Right. We're going to hit some of the high points though, because there is a lot of great stuff in here. I think just right off the top, new arena map, new big team map, new mode, King of the Hill is coming. Attrition will be added as kind of a more permanent mainstay in matchmaking. Jeff Steitzer's voice is coming to BTB, which people have been asking for a while, and I'm certainly mm-hmm. happy about. Well, the, that's one of those things that should have been there from the beginning. Yeah, it should have. Uh, as, especially the fiasco that is Sarah Palmer in Warzone. <laughs> Twitch anyway. Yep. Lots of weapon balancing. Uh, lots of tentative weapon balancing. Uh, there's a couple of weapons that they really are going to fix. Uh, and they've heard feedback on some other ones. I'd say probably about a third of the weapon sandbox they've gotten strong feedback on. 
and they're going to be addressing a few of those, see how it plays with the sandbox, and then they'll look at some of the other ones that have not been quite as asked about, kind of looking at those a little bit later on. Mm-hmm. Addressing a whole bunch of issues with custom games and Forge, a couple of notable things on PC stability, some huge improvements on melee fighting coming. Uh, so no more phasing or whiffing or rubber banding, or at least trying to minimize that as much as possible. That's coming. There's a global melee weapon damage decrease of 10% across everything. Fixes to Ravager base or like standard shot, getting that bumped up a little bit. More options for... Which it needs. Yes, it really does. More options of friend or four customization. So being able to dictate how thick the outline is, how transparent the overlay is to the point where you could remove it completely, which I think would be kind of cool. So this you start is a- shooting your friend and you don't know. I'm curious if they're going to give you the option to highlight like friend or enemy and basically have the other one not highlighted. Cause I could see. I could, that would be nice. Like don't highlight my allies, highlight enemies. Well, one thing that I've noticed and I've noticed this recently, of course I use the pineapple or yellow or whatever you call mm-hmm. uh, instead of red for the enemies. Cause I see it better. I it doesn't think blend I have the same color. A, it it doesn't blend into every map like a red or a blue will. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've noticed that when your friendly players spawn in, the spawn animation animation has a yellow tinge to it. It hasn't been a problem up until recently because you know I hadn't the spawns had not been in my view. And it really isn't, it's really more prevalent in big team because Hmm. you have, you know, so many people spawning in. Yeah. But (laughs) this last Friday, uh, I really noticed it. And there were a couple of times I may or may not have pointed my weapon at a teammate spawning. (laughs) Well, there's no friendly fire, right? So. Well, yeah, there's no friendly fire, but it sure was distracting. <laughs> the yellow shield, I guess, recharged tinge. Yeah. A little bit. Just yeah. that, you know, the shield charging up, that initial charge up, it gives it kind of that yellow tinge. And, you know, it was really throwing me off. Yeah. Pins mentioned this in the chat, which is also very true. Warthog and Razorback should be less resistant to flipping and bouncing. More resistant. Not less. Oh, sorry. Yes. I meant to say more. Yes. Chopper is getting more splatter damage. Banshee is getting its agility and output damage increased. Lots of things for accessibility coming in. Yeah. A whole bunch of different things coming in with season two. Not all of it's going to be there at the very beginning, but a fair amount of stuff are things that they are targeting to be included with season two. So that's lots of good stuff there. I'm just going to bounce around to a couple things. People have asked for longer or untimed weapon drills. That's something that they're looking to add to that experience. Expect endless weapon drills for season two, or I guess like the option for endless weapon drills Mm -hmm. in season two. Somewhere in here, they mentioned for a big team that they wanted to make it to where people in your fire team would actually 
be in the your little you squad would actually of four. spawn together mm-hmm. or be in the the opening scene together minus outliers because if you got five then obviously one's gonna be in a different yeah. group but they're working on actually making that all more united together which is good they're looking to bring uh, elimination back as a more frequent item in matchmaking to help people get the medic achievement and they mentioned that they do want people to actually have <laughs> methods of getting those achievements mm-hmm. all the time so they're going to bring elimination back more frequently make it be a more prevalent presence in the matchmaking spaces so that's good we've also got equal vehicle drops still balancing those out they did make a pretty good improvement during season one but they're looking working mm-hmm. to make that more balanced. Also making weapon rack spawns more balanced as well. I'm guessing that was probably not an intended thing or maybe something that just got overlooked. So it's probably just maybe a something that, yeah, makes sense. That's what I meant to do originally. It just, it somehow didn't work. Possibly. Improvements to matchmaking and CSR ranking is coming. They're going to be displaying more tightly closed in with the rank progression you're making from your last match instead of an overall rank progression so you actually kind of see what you're actually progressing towards which is good for those that are at that competitive level which I am not but I know a lot of people are grinding out for those ranks people have asked for an opt out of crossplay 3 for 3 has said why they don't think that's that's not a vision of theirs, so they're working to kind of improve things, especially with anti-cheat and hacking and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So there are, there are some things that 343 is staying their ground on, which I've, I think they've <laughs> kind of reading through this whole thing. I feel like they, they've almost kneeled to maybe a little too much to the community in some aspects, but at least there are some things that they're holding to their own design methodology, which I think is is good. There's some things that they need to hold on to because it's their game, but there's still several other things that if the community has well, feedback, you know, honestly, that they're... Honestly, I have not really had a real issue with controller versus keyboard and mouse. They both have advantages and disadvantages. I've never felt that I got beat because of the input device. Every time Same. you know, I die... I, you know, I see where I screwed up and if I do it differently, then I do better. You know, it's, it's one of those things. And I've actually been experimenting with some different settings and it's actually helped me. I found that on the monitor I play on having a big field of view is actually a detriment for me because it makes a lot of targets smaller than they need to be. So makes sense. I'll be, I'll probably be toning down my field of view so that I can better talk, you know, target the actual players. So small things like that. And, you know, I'm still refining my controller settings. You know, the, the whole control controller versus keyboard debate. Yes. In many ways, keyboard and mouse is superior to controller, but also controller is a lot more accessible. Yep. 
So, you know, 343 needs to have an environment that's welcoming to both. And it's not really that much of an issue. I think the main driver behind it is just all the cheating and hacking that's more accessible Mm -hmm. on the PC side, which I get. Like, yeah, yeah, it's a problem. They've admitted it's a problem and they are going to make changes where they can. And they're not going to tell us about the changes, people. And they shouldn't. It's anti-cheat. Yeah. Okay? Security software. You know, nobody's going to give you the keys to the Pentagon either. Yeah. Or the White House. (laughs) They said, we believe supporting crossplay as our primary avenue for players to match make is important to maintain healthy and populated matchmaking experience for players and to find matches quickly. It just makes sense to have that continue to be an option, in my mm-hmm. opinion. So I'm, I don't have any problems with that personally, and I think there's underlying issues that should be solved. And crossplay itself is not the problem. I think the two control schemes can, or two controller or input devices can be balanced. Yep, it's hard, but it can be no, done. It's, no, it's not easy at all, at all. And like for competitive, sure, make it all the same input if you if you wanted to, because mm-hmm. you're, you're leveling the playing field in in that sense. So if you want to do that competitive, sure. If you're doing it for yeah, competitive environment, social, I can understand that. Social doesn't. Social is there's no reason for that, really. Since you mentioned the aiming stuff, I'm gonna jump down to that. They did kind of realize, and I think they've kind of known this for a while, but they did actually put out a little list of zoom accelerations that more matches what traditional feels like. They'd said that, yes, if you're zoomed in, it is slower than previous Halo games. So for to match settings from other Halo titles as closely as possible, for zoom levels 1.4 through 3x, 1.3 sensitivity, for 5 through 10, 1.2 sensitivity. So they did at least kind of help us out there, which I appreciate. I'm mm-hmm. going to be going and making those changes as soon as I get into Halo Infinite next time. Let me scroll back up here. Custom Games and Forge. Desires for Custom Games Browser. They said that they're in agreement with that. That's something that they want to look into. More adjustable game modes for custom games. That's something that they are fully on board with as well. PC per- stabilization and performance. That's always going to be a thing. Anti-cheat. Always a thing. Always going to be a thing. Yep. People mentioned a lot of things behind people dying behind walls or around coilers, poor melee fights, inconsistent bullet and melee registration, warping, desync. They really only touched on melee in this update. And they kind of went and referenced the networking issues article that they posted about a month ago. I'm hoping that they'll actually come back to address like getting shot behind walls and whatnot. I'm still of the firm belief that you should not just default 100% to what the client sees because that's unfair to the defending side. Maybe favor the attacking side a little bit more, but it should not just be a whatever the attacking side sees happen. Because if I'm planning my strategy on timing certain, what I'm perceiving as certain bullet hits and getting around the wall, and then half a second later I'm dead because the person that was attacking me actually still saw me half a second ago is lagging behind you. It's it's not a it's not a balanced outcome. It is a fully tilted outcome. So I'm hoping they come back around and address that one. But for all the other things that they're updating, 
I can wait for that. Well, I mean, hopefully with the tuning that they make for the melee, maybe it'll help address some of the other desync issues. It could. It very well could. Because, you know, in that, that is probably the most, that, on a melee, that's probably the hardest one to actually get right. Because you're talking about such a sort time span and such a short distance in game at least so that is probably where the networking is going to have to be the fastest so maybe we'll see some improvements with shot registration after that maybe i don't know if it's just like my mental mindset of it but i don't i don't think shot registration and hit registration or melee registration has ever has been this bad since like Halo 3. Like and even Halo 3 had a pretty decent melee system. The shot registration just took a while to get used to because it, it was you had to No, the shot registration sucked. Lead your shots and even with the BR it still sucked. But I feel like Halo 4 and Halo 5 and MCC minus Halo 3. Like the melee and the shooting mechanics were pretty solid. Mm-hmm. And then we get to infinite and everything is broken. It's like you just completely trashed the whole systems that underpin these other Halo games? Well, you know, I'm not... I have to have to think that the higher refresh rates, the wider range of network connectivity that's available now as to when these games launched. Because, I, I mean, you know, you could have people playing on anywhere from a three megabit connection to a hundred or, you know, a gigabit connection. I mean, Halo All 2 and Halo 3 lobby. were run on dial-up and DSL. And they didn't have nearly as many problems as, the, as these did out the gate. Yeah, but those two, their transfer rates were much close, closer together. I'm missing your point. And I don't remember anybody playing Halo 2 Xbox Live on dial-up. On actual dial-up. Yeah, I went over to a friend's house. On and- a 50... On a, on a 56K modem. Yeah, to start. Then the, then my friend got DSL, and then it was a little bit better experience. <laughs> but, yeah. And you had perfect shot registration. Oh, I don't remember playing back then. Okay, so. I'm just saying, we've played on slower speeds than what is generally available. What I'm saying is the range of speed. I mean, think about it. A three megabyte, a three megabit connection has uh depending on the supplier what around a 200 kilobyte upload maybe a megabyte upload and granite which is huge in the world of game information but now you 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 have that versus you know like my connection i've got a you know i've got 700 megabytes upload yeah i i just i don't know if it is playing Havoc with the net code, or I'm just imagining it, I, it. It very well could be, but I just, it just seems that there's a lot, a lot of network problems when we've like had games a lot more stable on poor network conditions in the past. Like I said, and I don't, I don't know the, the details on the stats to, to, to know one way or another, but that's, that's just my, that's my professional opinion since I work in that industry of technology and networks and stuff. Yeah. I'm just wondering what what changed. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. 
how much, yeah, how much information are these two, you know, these two instances actually sending to each other, you know, from your 360 days to today? It's more, but it's kind of like, okay, what do you need versus what can you drop? Right. Equipment stuff. I I said this over and over again in, in Forerunner Flighting and like there at least now there's the public response to this, but drop wall doesn't feel like it offers enough protection. Thank you. I'm not the only one. <laughs> but drop wall and overshield, they're looking to do balance tweaks for both of those, thankfully. Yeah, the drop wall I just pretty much don't even bother to pick up. I've I have found times where it has been useful. Like I'm not saying it's not to- it's it's totally useless. It's just I never have I don't have a very good use scenario for it in my repertoire. Well, and the little squares go out so quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I've seen people that can use it very effectively. I am not one of those people. <laughs> and I've always felt that the over overshield felt very weak. I've been okay with the overshield in arena matches, but big team definitely doesn't feel like it plays enough of a role. Well, you know, what I'm talking about is the overshield going one-on-one with another player. I just felt it doesn't seem to give as much advantage as it used to. I mean, I could see that as a possibility. That's just, that's just my opinion. Sure. So we'll see what the changes are. It seems like a lot of other people are having a similar issue. So it's obviously Mm -hmm. an issue that they're going to address. Thankfully, we talked about vehicles. We talked about sandbox, render foe systems. There's the whole ongoing conversation about friendly collision. They're looking at making it a toggle in custom games. They're still kind of evaluating it in matchmaking. They feel that in matchmaking, it still keeps things more cleaner and lets combat flow more naturally. So that's something that they'll probably continue to look the at. The only thing, well, the only reason I was really a proponent or, you know, I actually liked it was I thought that I would have less problems with teammates eating my shots, but they still eat my shots. I can't run into them, but I can shoot them. Yeah, that's a problem. Pick one. It either needs to be everything goes through or nothing goes through. Yes. Yeah. 100% agree with that. Because it's... it's. I really don't care which way you go. Just doesn't make one. sense where if you're running and you see someone and you're about to shoot a rocket, someone spawns right in front of you and bam, you, self, you blow yourself up because someone spawned in front of you. Or you stick them on the back of the head with mm-hmm. a grenade. You know, it's... Yeah. Really? But anyway, we'll see how that pans out. (laughs) I like this one. Feedback. Controller players believe mouse keyboard players have the advantage. Feedback. Mouse keyboard players believe controller players have the advantage. Mm -hmm. I think it's probably pretty balanced. You think? Like I said, they both have advantages and disadvantages. Don't know what to tell you. And, you know, honestly, I would love to see a, a pro battle. Controller versus keyboard. I mean, actual pros. I would love to see that match. You would have to, even that's subjective though. 
because all the Halo pros previously have done controller. We don't really have established keyboard and mouse pros. Oh, I bet you there's some. I bet you there's people out there that have played first-person shooters on keyboard and mouse oh, I'm, I'm, that are at the same level as the Halo players. I'm, I'm sure they're probably. I'm not saying. But Halo you're not pros, exactly comparing apples to apples. Oh, okay, okay, I see what you mean. Uh, you know, take your the best guys from whatever first-person shooter, the CS:GO players. Yep. Yep. Okay. Take the best CSGO players, give them a copy of Halo, let them get used to the mechanics of Halo, you know, let them play the game, get used to it, and put them up against the best pros on controllers. I actually take take pros that are not Halo pros at all. So take like take your CSGO on key, mouse and keyboard and then maybe take your COD ones on controller, smash them together in Halo, and then see, see if there is a, a difference. True. That that would be a more balanced way to do it because then you're pulling pools from that maybe, I mean they 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 might know Halo but they're not expertise in Halo specifically so you're relying more on talent than you're necessarily right <clears throat> relying on Halo knowledge per se possibly. But yeah, I'd I'd love to see something like that. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting. For the next ones, we got UI UX. Uh, people have mentioned the use of vertical menus for customization, which they agree there's a lot of improvements that they could put into the customization system. Flashback to foreigner feedback. More HUD customization options. Please. Please. So the ability to use any piece of armor with any armor core? In other words, get rid of the armor core system altogether? Uh, they just have. They said that in the the live update one, and there are technical limitations that they that might render some of them impossible to do. Which I understand. Which then they need to design the stuff to work with with each other. Well, th- this is. So I was going to bring this up when we actually got to the next one, but that basically tells me the whole promise they made about having the reach style customization was thrown out the window. Exactly. Because if they really wanted to reach style customization, they would have the systems in place to have all of those pieces intermingle. So that that one promise, and I think well, that was the one ne- promise. They should never have been designed to be separate. They should have all been built off the same armor core. Well, and I think that's, if there's one promise, I think that 343 has really broken with Infinite and that people were really hanging on to from all of the promo it it was the reach customization system that was i think probably the biggest community hype behind infinite before the whole drama around the e3 demo in 2020 with the bad graphics and everything that was the thing that everyone was really hyped about and hanging on to was we're getting reach style customization that was the big thing i quote i quote if you liked halo reaches comment customization you're gonna love Halo Infinites, unquote. Bullshit. That's the biggest. Uh, that's no the biggest letdown for being, Infinite. Yeah, I, think. I have no problems being hard on three four three for that one, because that is they just flat did not design that. Nope. It's not something that was dropped due to technical limitations. They took that promise or like- lack of. <laughs> Or lack of time, Suckers. or the pan, or the pandemic, 
that was a choice to make the system more complicated than it needed to be. Yeah. And what needs to happen is they need to redesign that system. I don't know if they so can they, at this point. They, they they can. I mean, technically they can, but is it? They can. All they have to do is pick their armor core, whatever the base armor core is going to be, and then they need to change all the other pieces of armor to work with that core. Is it easy? Oh, hell no, because they made it as complicated as they possibly could. But that's what needs to happen. And you need to be able to, you need to be able to put your emblem on every piece of armor, including this armor sets. Now, now, GT, you're starting to sound like some of them Halo YouTubers who are demanding ways that 343 should do things. The reason I am is because that's what was promised. Yes, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm just... The the rest of the stuff, the honestly, I have ha- heard almost nobody complain about customization lately, other than the store. I think everyone's just been sadly disappointed in there. Well, I mean, even when it was the hot topic, it lasted what a month. Well, this just came Not out. Not even to, that. So wait for the weekend. This just came out today. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of Reddit posts and YouTube videos coming out over the next couple of days. Oh no! This has been out for six days. No, 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 no. If anybody was this, this one about the the live, like oh, changing yeah, the armor sorry, stuff, the that's been out for yeah. only two hours. Yeah. Oh, well, the YouTube videos aren't up already. Let me check. I saw Hidden Experience posted one while we were recording. I don't know what it was about, but I did see that he posted the video. But anyways, yeah. So they did. They did see that it was feedback. They're receptive to it. I'm just going to read the block verbatim because I think this is probably useful to to hear. It probably would be the best thing to do. Yeah. Straight from the horse's mouth. Enabling customization across different armor cores has been the largest point of feedback when it comes to customization. We agree that there is room to have better customization by lifting core restrictions where possible. For right now, we're pursuing options that will allow players to use certain customization items on different cores. Due to the way the core system was initially built, getting items to work on various cores will take time, may not even be possible for all items, and will likely require us to do it piece by piece. As we investigate what expanding the cross-core customization would require from a technical perspective, our initial focus is on enabling as many helmets, visors, and armor coatings across different cores as possible. In short, our goal is that we will be incrementally moving to a model that has coatings and visors working across all cores, with helmets, chest gear working across cannon cores as our first focus changes to make in the system. Just so you just so you, you guys understand, I searched Halo Infinite Customization videos posted today. The first two videos. Cross-core customization confirmed. Okay. I didn't hear that. I heard compatibility with some cores. Yeah, but that's that's the typical. This isn't even a, even a YouTube thing. This is just how news does in general. Even the major gaming news sites say it this way. I know they they have this big grandiose title without that overinflates or yeah, titles are never actually truly representative of. And people wonder why I don't watch Halo YouTubers anymore because of stuff like that. Yeah, so that is regarding the core. So. It's something that they're aware of and 
I guess if they could change it, they would, but. Well, you know, the way that reads, it sounds like they're willing to work on it. Yes. I, I, yes, I will give them that universal credit. universal system. And in. Still doesn't help the fact time, that they didn't. They. They completely. Yes. Broke their promise. They can. They can completely screwed the pooch when it came to the launch customization system. Yes. The nice thing about it being a live service game is that it can be updated. It's just how far they will take those updates. Well, how far can they? And then how far will they? Well, it's all, it's always how far will they, because they can take it as far as they want. Well, (laughs) technically, but will investors let them go there? Will Xbox and Microsoft. Like like I said, as far as it's always how far they will go, not how far they can go. Right. Because they can go all the way. Are they willing to go all the way? Probably not. Yeah. Everything else is a disappointment. The customization was just an absolute letdown. And, mm-hmm. but yeah, like I said, to reframe you know, when they, when they, yeah, when they, when they announced the armor coding system, everybody was up in an uproar and I was like, I'm not going to say anything until I get my hands on it. You were same thing with the, the color. And I got my hands too. on it. And once I found out it was tied to the core, I wasn't happy. Yep. So. There's my bitch session for this podcast. <laughs> to reframe everything, we're very thankful, and we know 343 listens. If, if anything that they, they've shown, well, they, let me rephrase it. They hear, they don't necessarily listen all the time. Well, they listen, it's just a matter of what they do about it. Right. But 343 is being receptive. They, they're, everything that they've listed that they're, fixing for season two this is no short list to balk at like this is this is a lot of work that they're putting into Mm -hmm. this season two content that should not be understated at all the fact that we're complaining about the customization is because they promised like actually promised this and they let us down so that's why we're complaining about it but everything else is Okay, yeah, it, it sucked that we didn't get this, and yeah, we have some problems with it, but it's the game that we w- we weren't promised anything different necessarily. So just that's just kind of the making the distinction there. People have asked for more HUD customization options. I've asked for that. It'd be nice to have a lot of changes there. Keep putting your feedback in. That's the only way that they're going to change. Yeah, it. I want the radar right there in the middle next to my reticle. <laughs> It'd be an interesting mechanic if you did. Well, at least you couldn't use the excuse you can't see your radar anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, I wasn't looking at my radar. Oh, you were looking at the weapon site, weren't you? Exactly. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, last thing uh, lack of in game messaging for bands or how long or like why they're happening in the first place. Continuing working on NHE and reporting features. That's something that is kind of tied in all with that. Uh, in the second outcomes, they did touch a little bit more on reporting capabilities for cheaters and that kind of stuff. They're working on in-game stuff, but right now, just got to go to the Halo support site. There's a specific form to report a player. They are working on in-game options, though. 
uh, lots of talk around the battle pass and unlock system. Battle pass is going to feature a lot more customization options in the actual reward tiers versus like the XP boosts and the challenge swaps. So good to know that they're focusing more on actual tangible and tangible visual rewards for the unlock tiers. Also working on making sure that the weekly rewards are not impeded by some of the different challenges that people have been complaining about and also making those ultimate tier unlocks more rewarding. So going along the lines of actually worth it. Right. Exactly. Yes. People want the ability to break up the HCS kits and mix and match them with other armor pieces. Only makes sense. Kind of goes in line with the conversation that we just had. Just had. Yep. Updates to how the shop works. So different bundles and pricing, making it more consistent across different tiers of customization and rarities. Looking at doing a career progression that's separate from the battle pass. It's in the design phase right now. It's not something that's ready yet, but they are committing to having some kind of other progression system that's not tied to the battle pass, which is nice. I feel like that should have been something in their day one, but it's nice that they're working on it now. Well, and you know, honestly, I'm really wondering what people are wanting out of that. I think it's just a, a going back what to Halo wanna, Three. I mean, what do you what do you want to progress? I think it's. I mean, what would you want for a career progression system? Do you I want think stuff it's, out it's of it? It's the XP. Or do you want... Okay, what do you want to do with that XP? Just collect it? I th- oh, I think it goes back to, like, the performance. Like, if you think about going back to Reach, you got the credits based on your performance, then you could unlock the stuff mm-hmm. that way. No, no, no. I'm talking about the career pers- progression. I'm not talking about Battle Pass. I'm not talking about collecting XP. What do you want in a career progression system? What do you want to get out of it? And why do we need a separate career progression system separate from the battle pass, which at its base level is free. So Halo's done these systems in the past. You look at Halo three. I think that's probably the perfect, but you get something out of it. So instead of having the skill rank, you have a career rank, like showing that you've put time and effort into it. And your rank shows that. Okay, that's what I was asking. I mean, I'm just guessing. I They didn't specify in here what specific people are looking for, but that's just my guess. No, I was asking what you would want out of something like that. Oh, for me? Okay, gotcha. I didn't know you were asking me specifically. I mean... But yeah, it's like, think of the, the Halo 3 where you, where you, like, you could get up to General 1 if you played long enough, but if you were good, like, you could get to that General rank earlier on because you... And then with reach you had the inheritor like or get to the mythic inheritor rank the unimtanium right super high yeah right and and people like those ranks i i in other words what you want is an in-game ranking system that's based off of a combination of of skill and how long you've played sure yeah it's basically based off your performance yeah the worse and your like, performance the slower you like progress 152 in halo 5 that was based on worthless oh. <laughs> well they they mentioned that the couple of unlocks for those two they're improving but yeah so yeah working on challenges to not be too situational 
making them more clearly defined as well is also good. I would like the opportunity to be able to pick which challenges I want to go for at a time. Now, I'm not saying they can't limit it to four, but I'd like to be able to go through lists and I say, I want to do this one, this one, this one, this one. So when we have an event going on, I can do, I want this event challenge. I want this one. I want this one. I want this one. And I can work on those and I can participate in the event and not have to leave the event to go clear out other challenges so I could get some more. So I think if you did that, it would kind of defeat a little bit of the purpose behind the microtransaction of the challenge swap. So here or there with that one. They did say, though, that... Well, the problem is, is you do the challenge swap, it just brings in another challenge that you can't complete in the event. Right, because they're same tier. They did say for event challenges, though, they're going to try to make sure those don't get stuck behind regular challenges as often. So an improvement there, at least. We'll see. Updates to theater and observer mode that they're working on. I honestly haven't used either of those. I just know that they're super broken, but yeah. There's a there's an observer mode? There is an observer mode. They've used it in tournament mode. And there was this one there was a clip <laughs> that got circulated around on Twitter or, or something. And it was a a I think it was like an official Xbox broadcast where it was complete desync for the observer. <laughs> yeah. Campaign theater, please. Oh, did I say that out loud? Damn it. Think, didn't they mention that at some point that they were working on that, but it, there's a lot of... I, I've i never heard about that. For some reason, I thought they mentioned that it's something that they're looking into. They may have. I haven't heard it. Okay. Maybe that was something they told the foreigners. Uh, a secret. I mean, they could be working on a whole bunch of stuff. I, but, yeah. So that's going to wrap up our discussion on the season one outcomes again lots of stuff in here definitely worth reading through and checking out there's so many things that people have brought to the attention of 343 whether it's through (laughs) frustrating twitter and reddit posts or people actually providing constructive criticism 343 is clearly listening and acting on feedback that they're getting which is amazing and awesome keep on doing that they're going to continue to make improvements where they can um, now that the game is launched i think there's a little less stress on them to <laughs> rush something out the door as far as a fully launched game and there's still kind of a rush on as far as season content but there's not as much pressure so i think we'll probably get a little bit more refined product as season's keep coming and coming and coming, which will be good. So now on to the first episode of the Halo TV show. Yes, I know we're behind everyone else. Uh, No, we are not watching the rest of them until the rest of them are out. So this is the one that you get. Unless they happen to show up on the YouTube channel. Which I'm pretty sure they won't because they already removed the first episode and there's no other episodes up there. Pretty sure that was just up there to entice more people to get Paramount Plus. Whether it's because whatever reasons it was for well, marketing. Yeah. Marketing. Yep. You know, it's the typical drug dealer strategy. Give them a little taste. And a lot of TV shows do that. They, they will release, release the pilot episode for whatever show is coming out. And then I didn't think they would pull it down so quickly, but yeah, they did. 
And for everybody listening, spoiler warning. Oh, yes. If you haven't watched it, tune out now. Spoiler tag. So, skip over the rest of the episode. We are going to be talking this for the rest of the episode, then closing it out. And that's going to be the podcast. So, if you don't want to get spoiled at all for TV show, if you're waiting fully for it all to be out so you can binge watch, binge watch, then this is your warning. This is your fair warning. Egon? Well, if you're hearing this, then you're staying here. So if you're if you're, if you're not gone by this point too late. Right. So the feet. No, I'm just I'm just kidding. <laughs> Initial thoughts GT on I guess where do we want to start? Do we, I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, let's start with the overall. I really enjoyed thoughts. it. I really enjoyed it. They did a good job of introducing characters and introducing people to the story, at least from my point of view. I was a little skeptical skeptical about him. About the silver timeline. But I think they did a good job with it. It relates to the core canon, but it's not a copy of the core canon. Yeah. You know, just a straight across copy. There are nods to the core canon core canon, which are appreciated. I you know, when I was watching the episode, I never felt like it took me out of the Halo universe. You know, it fit. You know, if I wanted if I wanted to be, I could be really critical of it and well, that's not how it happened. It doesn't matter. They they're telling it well from this one episode, from what I've seen, they're telling a pretty interesting story. And it's a story I think a lot of us want. It is you know, there's a lot of storylines going on. But it, at its core, I feel it is a Master Chief story. Yeah. And it's a story of Master Chief dealing with his humanity. I have a feeling you might have said that, but yeah. Which I think is a good thing. You know, the first, you know, going to the first games that Bungie developed, the whole put yourself into Master Chief's armor thing, it worked. Don't get me wrong, but by the third game, it kind of left me wanting more of Master Chief. I wanted Master Chief to be more of a character, not someone's shoes I'm stepping into. And this so far is doing a pretty good job of doing that. Granted, I won't know for sure until I see the rest of the episodes, but it's leading. It's starting out in a good position. But overall, I really enjoyed the first episode. Good. For me, I'm still processing a little bit. I enjoyed it. My wife really liked it. I think for... I, I kind of see, as far as the, the Silver Timeline, kind of what they did with Star Trek original series and then like the new one with Chris Pine, how that kind of like... It's in the same mm-hmm. universe and it's the same mechanics, but they're separate stories and they're almost their own little pocket universes in such a way so to me it is i i'm i get the feeling that this story is not at all related to the game franchise other than the mechanics that it uses to tell the story there is mm-hmm. i'm seeing it as there's no other than the characters used yeah, other than the characters used the mechanics of the universe that there's covenant there's humans and the technology that's mm-hmm. enveloped in the halo mythos to me the story is completely isolated, completely isolated from the game canon. 
Other than mechanics and other important features like Madrigal, High Charity, Reach. Because mm-hmm. that whole Reach, Synchony, uh, I forget what the acronym is. Like, that's not in the games at all, like that big complex and everyone there, not book accurate. Like, all that stuff is way out there. So the the whole book and, well, actually, and game timeline to, to a point it is. I mean the research station on Reach was a Oni facility, and it was a massive Oni Oni facility that those characters did go to. Probably not all at the same time like they have now, but yeah, you know, no, as like, far as sure. it being the headquarters, yeah, I I can get that. I can understand yeah. that. But yeah, certain there's the mechanics, characters, like moving all those around, but it's completely different. It's like playing a game, like a board game, and playing a completely different time. It's a completely different outcome, different story, everything. You're just mm-hmm. reusing the same pieces to outplay a story. Reading a book and watching a movie about the book. Not the same. <laughs> same, but not. It's even more different than <clears throat> what you're alluding yeah. to, but yes. So... I don't have a problem with the story. I think the story that they are telling is very interesting. And I kind of agree with you. I think it's a story that as long as you're not being nitpicky about what they're telling and what they're, how they're telling the story, what they're telling the story of, it's a good story. And I think to your point, GT, it is kind of, there are the elements and again, it's, it's a pilot episode, so you can only get so much, but, it does kind of center around Chief and uh, Quan, Quan Ha, is that her name? Mm-hmm. And yep. then you've got some of the other ones. You have Keys, Miranda, Halsey, Perangoski, the tech, the technician to Halsey. So you obviously have, and Silver Team. So you've got the pivotal characters established in the pilot episode, which is good. Mm-hmm. I still don't know Silver Team members i know chief said them but their names were said very few times so i don't really know who they are but it was good to see that they had purpose-built armor for their specific support roles Mm -hmm. so that was good to see really janky cgi really janky visual effects in this first episode i i will say the ar that got thrown down and it was like low poly (laughs) yeah there there were some uh there were some things in there that it kind of made you go, mm, but again, I will say it's the a plasma show. rifles were incredible, though. All the yep. plasma weapons were whole. Like that's the whole opening sequence of the Covenant attacking the heavy mm-hmm. water processing plant. Like that's what I envisioned: the destruction of Covenant coming mm-hmm. in using plasma weapons and completely yep. annihilating. Like that was. Yeah, that's what I expect, and holy crap. <laughs> yeah, this TV show is definitely not rated T for T. No. And there's <laughs> I think there's nudity in the second episode. Really? Yeah. I saw a uh, tweet from Duquesne. He's like, well, I can't show this to my kids on release because uh, apparently there's nudity in it. Hmm. Or, uh, sorry, third well, episode. I mean, it is showtime. It is showtime. Yeah. Um, and from tweets I've seen earlier apparently the third episode is really good we won't yeah. know about it because uh, yeah that's 
what I've been seeing about the second and third episode so far, people have been really happy with them and they're seeing the improvement. It's progressed apparently through the episodes, which is good. And it makes sense, you know, as they get through, you know, as they get further into the, the production of the series, I would expect things to get better. Well, ideally you think it would go through a whole group review process and making sure everything is kind of visually the same, but, but yes. Yeah. Well, I would still expect through the development of the project that they find better ways to do things as they do it on a more repetitive basis. Yes. But then you should go back and revisit and, you know, the, granted, the front, <laughs> the front end of that. Yeah, they should. But, you know, we've been waiting four decades for this. So thanks for the raid, Hayden. Rating of six. Appreciate it. Fair warning to those that are just joining. We are talking about the first episode of the Halo TV series. So if you haven't watched it and if you're waiting to watch it, recommend you go watch something else. Yeah. Because we're we're talking about the first episode since it was. Not, not that we don't want you to stay, right. but, you know. You can, you can drop a follow to the channel and you can come back next week when we're not talking about the Halo TV show. But yeah, fair warning for those that, that just joined us. I need to put a little spoiler tag up on OBS to say beep, we're beep, talking beep, about the beep. Halo TV show. <laughs> next time. The opening sequence was great. Yeah. The start of it, I was like, man, this is really starting slow and then like BAM! It's all up in my face. Well, and like it set that first scene where they were kind of in the bar and mm-hmm. you had kind of the, the old grizzly ward hero. You had this new upcoming person that was thought he was all this and that. Uh, and then the general's daughter, like perfect scene setting for those who don't really know anything about halo to like dump you into here's the back. Like that was the quickest background. I think they could have done of here's the halo universe you're in. They mm-hmm. did it so well too. I was very, yes, I was did. very surprised. Like, you just recapped, like, the universe as it was explained in the original trilogy in three minutes? Like, the whole, like, UNSC, UEG. Well, I mean, it's not really a complicated story, but... It's not, but... You know, granted, you're missing a lot of detail, but you've got the point. Yeah. And that's one thing I was really impressed with it, is someone that's new to the franchise that really has... No other clue than that Halo's a video game that is popular can really enjoy the show and not feel left out. Yes. That that whole world, they nailed the world building in this first pilot. They mm-hmm. really did. And that's... Well, they kind of needed to. Yeah. But that's hard. Mm-hmm. Like, is. I think the only other thing that's been kind of on this tier is Firefly. There's so much world building in that first pilot episode of Firefly. Oh yeah. Just within that the you had the opening well of the, course the, the actual the opening the, the 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 actual sequential pilot, not the one that they actually aired on TV pilot. That one. Had they had a clarifying statement in there because Yeah. There's the pilot and then there's the pilot. Yes. The pilot that was intended versus the pilot because TV execs were stupid. But yeah, the so that whole thing and then discovering the covenant, something feels off about the elites. Or is that just me? Well, what do you mean by off? Other than the creepy first person shot of their head getting blown up. 
not necessary, by the way, Showtime. It, it just wasn't. I mean, I thought the gore and everything blowing up, I thought that was like, yeah, that's what I expect to happen. So I, I was all for it. Well, t- yeah, but, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know. It's Showtime. It's the rated M. It's like, yeah, let me see all, like, getting know, people dismembered just, and bloodied and everything. I, I'm fine with that. Oh, I don't mind that part. It's just the whole, you know, first person, first person blowing the brains out thing. It just, yeah. You know, give them the old double tap. Also, it's just mm. HUD using vertical no. and corners, not just the bottom. Hmm. Just have to call that one out because, yeah. The, uh, <laughs> it was just the, I don't know. It's some of, I think it just has something to do with the elite's face. It's just really creepy. The face, elites, it felt top bulky. It didn't feel like they were the slender style that we're used to well, in they, games. They're not. They were styled after the uh, Reach elites. I that believe. would make a little more sense then, because their head seems. But I mean, their head seems squished. Their torso seemed wider and chunkier. The armor seemed <coughs> seemed. No, uh, oh, Halo Wars elites. Okay, but they seem chunkier yeah, honestly, than Halo Wars elites. Anyways, they they seem disproportionate to what I'm used to experiencing in the games. The, well, you the remember how close details about, were great, but just kind of the the yeah. more distant, medium to long range looked weird to me. You remember how I talked about Chacklock? Yeah, and how imposing he felt. Yeah, to me, these elites felt that. I mean, just their mass versus the Spartans, it made them look threatening to me. The fighting, you know, their actual movement seemed really good. I honestly didn't, I really didn't have a problem with them. I did have a problem with, it seemed like the fighting speed, fighting animation speed was not consistent at all throughout the episode. So you get moments where it felt kind of normal and then some actions that seemed sped up unnecessarily. And then the changes between person acting out emotion going to CGI acting out. Like, okay, CGI acting out felt like game speed. The in-person one felt it was a lot slower because it's an actor in a suit. (laughs) So those differences were very... an actor in a suit. There's kind of... No, no, no. I, I get that, but the difference between the two were very <laughs> yeah. noticeable. It wasn't smooth. Even going from like shooting actor to CG, like smooth that out a little bit. It, it was it was I a guess very I wasn't night and day. That close of attention to it. You you can tell when it went from person's acting this out versus it's CG, it's animated, it's it's fast, quick. Yeah. Or at least I could tell. The Really, the only, only real problem I had with the fight scene was the whole chain gun thing. Why is that? I kind of like that. I kind of like the chain gun scene. Well, no, this is the this chain gun he picked up is the same one they're pounding the elites with when they come blazing through the door. That's just bouncing off their shields, and then Chief picks it up, and all of a sudden he's mowing them down with it. So, to me, uh, and like I said, that's the only thing that I've got an issue with. So I picked up on that too. And my mental 
explanation of it was these are outer colonies that don't know how to fight against these things. So they just see the bullets pinging off and they panic. Whereas Spartans, they know you just pump them full of lead, eventually their shields drop and you can take them out. So I think it's probably just a well, fighting no, it, it wasn't that part of it. It's how quickly the shields depleted. I mean, they had multiple chain guns hammering on that red elite. It, it, well, the first, the lead three elites mm-hmm. and their shields, they were barely even lighting up. But Chief picks up this chain gun and mows down three of them like they're, they weren't even shielded. That I only watched it once. So. It's a small detail. Yeah, it, I, I've watched it a couple of okay. times. That's the only part that I really had a problem with. Okay. I mean, it's a small deal. I mean. Sure. And, and it's probably a narrative. It can be attributed to a lot of things. Yeah. 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 For some reason, I, I thought I remembered like, yeah, they were shooting them, but it wasn't like a const- consistent aimed fire where Chief knows you just, you aim at one till the shields pop and then you go on to the next one where, where these guys were just kind of. Like sweeping. I said, it, it wasn't, it wasn't. It's not breaking, but amount of fire. Like I said, it wasn't the amount of fire that was hitting these elites that I have a problem with. It's how quickly the shields popped. Okay. Like all of a sudden these bullets are doing more damage to the shields. Yeah. They're being held by a Spartan. It's magic. magic. Anyway. Yeah. I get that. You know, other other than that, uh, you know, if, I would just like to have seen if they were going to do that to leave the chain guns out of the opening sequence or maybe move the chain guns further away in the opening sequence. Sure. So that, you know, the whole accuracy thing would make more sense. Yeah. Halsey is very different from what we know Halsey in the games. Keith. She's still an evil. Huh? Never mind. Parangoski isn't what I initially imagined, but I could see how it fits. She definitely doesn't strictly follow the book version of Parangoski. Yeah, because I, I would imagine like someone that's more has that more just presence. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not imposing presence. There, there's a word I'm looking for. Um, but just like you walk into a room and she just has an intimidation factor to her in the way that she talks. Like the way that the actor was mm-hmm. talking here is more like, Oh, well, I don't think you have the Spartan under control. That That's what it kind of felt. It didn't feel like imposing. Thank you, Bobby. It didn't have that imposing, uh, portrayal from a presence perspective and a acting perspective from my perception of how she's described and presented and, the narrative of the books mm-hmm. again a, a difference between the core timeline core canon and the silver timeline. sure because the whole it's like the scene where she sees halsey's clone and says i told you to get rid of that and you know halsey just flat ignores her you know i can see where you're saying you know what you're saying mm-hmm. The fear isn't there. Yes. You know, the fear of what this woman can do to you, it, it just doesn't seem to be very present yet. Everything we learned about her in the Kilo 5 trilogy is just not there. <laughs> Maybe that'll change. I mean, I've heard people say things are getting better, so 
maybe just kind of took time to fill into that role, which is very possible. Mm -hmm. Like you said, this is episode one. It's an introduction to all the characters. So I'm sure the characters will change a little bit as the series progresses. Yeah. And as we learn more about each character. Mm -hmm. Lots of little subplots going on. There's the foreigner artifact, which is, that's an interesting addition. I mean, that that was kind of the first, like, this is a huge departure from, like, this, this, well, this is a complete departure from, maybe not complete, but it's a very significant departure from the game and book timeline. I don't know. It, it kind of falls in, it kind of falls in line with uh, what happened in uh, First Strike. I know what you're talking about. And, th- and that's, that's why I kind of reeled back and say it's not complete, but it still feels because there's the artifact that he, he finds, but mm-hmm. it still feels very disconnected to me at least. Yeah. But uh, like the effect was kind of cool. The whole flashback mm-hmm. memory type of thing, seeing his parents, the drawing of the artifact in the dream. I don't know if that's going anywhere. Or a lot to be seen with what that may entailed but the use of the artifact the discovery of it was well executed and done mm-hmm. i'm hoping we get to see grunts somewhere like it was cool to just see all the elites and kind of set that aspect yeah. you see the edge of the phantom so everyone that knows halo knows what that looks like but everyone who doesn't you only got mm-hmm. certain glimpses of it so you don't quite know what the full extent of it is yet uh you see the banshee fly off Mm-hmm. The speed at which all the banshees fly off and the pelicans and the condors, like that all felt great. And per- like mechanically they did so many things right. in just what the pilot has to offer. They had the little, they had the one scene on high charity to kind of set up that story a little bit. So we got to see the other side of the fence temp- uh, temporarily in the episode. Yeah. Enough of a teaser, not overly done. And I have to admit, they did an awesome job on the profits. They really did. They actually really did. Mm-hmm. That whole sequence was really well done. Technically, yes, acting, the interactions between Mercy and I forget what the, the human's name is. I think it begins with an M. That whole interaction, the fact that she was reading a book and Mercy's like, probably don't want to take that. So like, there's already micro plot seeds just within that mm-hmm. one scene and we'll see how that kind of explores Mackie. Okay. Thank you. Eric Boo or Mackie. I'm happy that it took as long as it did because this first episode minus some of the, the technical, more technical VFX, which I mean, that's a minor part to the overall story and narrative of it. They did a really good job. They mm-hmm. really did a good job. I was, I was cautious at first with, the whole this is going to be a te- separate timeline but the story that they're setting up to tell i am very happy with yes it it looks to be a very good story and honestly that's the one thing that i've always loved about the halo universe is all the good stories that they tell with you know some minor exceptions sure halo 5 um <laughs> i i still enjoy good parts of halo 5 no, Halo 5. Oh, Halo 5. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Mm. 
And I mean, even in even that one, it is a decent story. Story's fine. Execution. You know, it's so so. Just not what was expected, so that kind of tarnished my opinion of it. Well, hunt the truth. Set up a whole completely different experience of what we were looking for in the game. Just did. Well, that I mean, even the advertising. Well, yeah. Well, the whole package yes. led into that. The um, you just, I really hope they continue with what they've got so far. And from what I've been hearing and what I've been seeing on the YouTubes and on the Twitter posts, it's improving. So that's definitely a plus. And people have really enjoyed episode three from what I've seen the initial reaction so far. Mm-hmm. For all of you that have Paramount Plus, I'm happy for you. Enjoy the show. We will catch we will catch up in two months. I, I feel like it's gonna be a good one. We will catch up in two months when all nine episodes are out. I think. Something I think it's like nine that. episodes. Yeah, there's one a week. So I need to at least go grab my Paramount Plus code so when it's nearly done, could kind of catch up. So what else in there? We saw the Halsey clone. There's Miranda in there. Starting to sow season. As a scientist. Yep. And starting to sow. Well, yeah. Starting to sow seeds in of what her intertwining story could be. Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot of little. They did a really good job of planting a whole lot of little seeds in the storyline. That's going to, I, I only assume, ex, expand into what these overall narratives are going to be. So it's, oh, another thing I wanted to mention, just kind of the stoic responses that all the Spartans gave to orders and whatnot. I thought that was like, it rubbed me the wrong way at first, but the more I thought about them, it made sense. It kind of hit a tone of like, no, this is kind of what I expect of brainwashed kids who have Spartan twos. Yes. Yeah. Just been like straight military command. This is what we do. It's like deadpan. No, this actually the, makes like this feels right. It felt weird at first, and, but it feels you know, right. The, the spark, the banter that goes between them, mm-hmm. it fits it does. with what has already been established. It, it really does. Yeah, you're talking. You know, you talking about orders reminded me. Okay, Chief's coming back from Madrigal with Quan, and Chief has a moment of realization when Oni orders him to kill Quan. Yes. Article 72. He makes a conscious, he makes a conscious decision not to follow that order. In response to that, he, you know, starts to disable the autopilot. Oni. Well, he removes the camera feed. Sends a, and then he removed. Yeah. Well, in preparation to dis- disable the autopilot. Oni decides to remove the oxygen from the cabin of the condor. Sorry if I said pelican before. I did mean condor. And Quan is starting to pass out. Chief catches her. And as a, <laughs> as a precaution, they decide to knock the chief out by removing the amount of oxygen in his suit to the point that he passes out. But then he wakes up. That was 
that was a very Parangoski moment. <laughs> yes, it was. But then you get to the point where, of course, you know, Master Chief being Master Chief magically wakes himself up and turns the oxygen back on into the cabin, takes his helmet off, and he's everything's all fine. Hence the helmet coming off scene. But as the Condor's approaching Reach, you have the basically the entire base arming to take on the Master Chief. Mm-hmm including the Spartans of Silver Team. Which Halsey then overrides their orders and says, protect the chief. Right. And this is this is where you see how much control over the Spartans that Halsey has. She basically countermands the orders of... Sinconi. Basically, God... <laughs> Well, in this world and tells them to protect the chief. And one of the Spartans asks, what if they fire on us? And then the other spot, even even allies, friendlies. Yeah. If they fire on us, then they're not on the chiefs and they're not friendly. Right. Yeah. Right. Dr. Halsey. (laughs) You know, it's. Which is exactly what it plays out in the book. Of what we've yeah. what we're led, I mean, like for like that I relationship. Said, there's, so there's points where it follows the core canon pretty closely, and there's don't get me wrong, there's a lots that detours off into you know freaking South Pole, but I liked that mm-hmm. because you still have with all the changes that have been made to Halsey over the many different books and games. That is one thing that pretty much is can remain the same is how protective of John she is and how far she'll go to protect him. Yep. So, you know, that was kind of interesting. And I'm kind of glad that they didn't pull that particular maneuver yet. You know, they got the Master Chief out of trouble in a different way this time. Yep. And it was it was cleverly done, like using the artifact and planting even more mm-hmm seasons like cementing that this is going to be a pivotal part of the story the emp across the base and then oh and i have to admit i love the spartan strut <laughs> synchronized spartan strutting <laughs> and it totally <laughs> makes sense <laughs> yeah totally makes sense it probably has nothing to do with the costume they're wearing you know the fact that they can't bend it the waist or anything Hmm. I wonder. Yeah. A good solid pilot episode for the TV show. I really enjoyed it. I did it. too. I'm still processing parts of it. It does but... make me look forward to seeing all the rest of it. Uh when it comes out on DVD or Blu-ray. If, Blu-ray, whatever. Or if they post all the episodes on their YouTube at one point after the season's over with. Highly doubt it, but I'm not holding my breath on that one. <laughs> let's just put it that way so that's i guess our little analysis uh people have been chatting away in the twitch chat talking about some things as well that we we touched on but everyone seems to be enjoying it for the most part so we'll be back here in two months to talk about the rest of it (laughs) hopefully yeah thanks everyone for coming on over and visiting us on another long episode 
two long episodes in a row. That's a, uh, hopefully we won't make a habit of that too, too often, <laughs> but it's been good. Hopefully we'll have Hoss back next week as we dive into more of the Halo Infinite campaign, as long as nothing big blows up in the Halo community. But thanks everyone for tuning in. <laughs> something blow up in the Halo community? No. <laughs> so that's a daily occurrence, depending on where you look and who you ask. We are on Twitch every Thursday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time for our podcast. We are on Twitch every Friday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time for Frag and Friday, hosted by GT. And then for the next month, on Sundays at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, or 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, if we actually start on time for Achieving Halo, we'll be diving into Halo 5 with the campaign for Prestige, working on achievements for him for Achieving Halo. If you want to participate in the Fragment Friday game night, though, head on over to our Discord, pottacularedom.com slash Discord, and make sure you vote in our poll for which game we're going to be playing. Poll options are MCC, Halo 5, and Halo Infinite. We've been doing a lot of Halo Infinite lately. It's been a couple times where MCC and Halo 5 has been sprinkled in there, but we're mostly on Infinite. But if you want to play, and you're planning on playing, and you want to influence the vote, please go into our Discord and vote. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. We've got, again, our Discord. That is where primarily our community hangs out when we're not gaming together. If you want to support the podcast, there's a number of ways to do so. First big way is just by sharing us with your friends, sharing us on social media. You can also leave a review on podcasting platforms. If you wish to donate to us or support us monetarily, you can become a Twitch subscriber. You can become a patron over on Patreon along with Confow, Prestige, and Pins. Or you can donate to us directly, podtackler.com slash donate. Uh, again, all that stuff is up to you whether you want to support us or not. We do this because we love doing it, so there's no obligation or no expectation to uh, support us monetarily, but if you like what we're doing and want to support us that would be certainly appreciated. Anything I missed, GT? I love bees. Bingo! Oh. But you might have actually got in the bingo there for a second. You you made my you actually made my heart jump there for a second. <laughs> actually, technically I did, but since I said it, didn't has to come up naturally in conversation. <laughs> so, anyways. Reminder, thank you, Erkaboo. Encyclopedia comes out next week for those that are getting it. Enjoy it. Going to be a lot of Halo goodness. I don't think I've ever actually read through the other encyclopedias, like front to back. And I have five other books I'm behind on, so I might want to get those done first. But otherwise, thanks for watching us. If you're listening to us on podcasting services, thanks for downloading us and listening. See some of y'all on Fragon Friday for tomorrow, and we'll see everyone else here on Twitch next week. Trucks. <laughs>